Foundation, an episode-by-episode podcast review of CBS's action-adventure series MacGyver. I'm Patrick O'Reilly. And I'm Roger Wells. And today we'll be tackling Season 6, Episode 9, Bitter Harvest. The original air date for this episode was November 19th, 1990. It was directed by Michael Bahar, and it was written by Michael Caine. What? But not that Michael Caine. My cocaine. <laughs> My cocaine. That's actually the first thing I thought when I was typing it out. Uh, Michael Caine with a K um, in the last name. We know. We know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know anyone who spells Michael with a K. Um, uh, I think you sometimes see that as like the Russian Mikhail, which yeah. is the Russian equivalent of Michael. I would have pronounced that Mikhail, though. Like Gorbachev. <laughs> Um, Michael Caine, not the actor, but the writer, um, wrote the movie All the Right Moves. Okay. He also wrote a movie called The Bear, uh, coincidentally, after The Bear appeared last week mm-hmm. as the as, um, blacksmith Lady Mombazo. And uh, The Bear, the film The Bear, written by Michael Caine, was directed by Richard C. Serafian, who uh, also directed Vanishing Point. Yeah. And, and he is, appears in this episode yeah, so, as Casper Kasabian. So not a coincidence. Not a coincidence. I'm pretty sure the writer was like, hey, we did this movie together. You should come and play a character in this MacGyver I wrote. Yeah, because uh, Serafian directed, yeah, he directed Vanishing Point. Right. Um, and uh, Michael Caine also uh, wrote additional dialogue for Jaws 3D. Awesome. He wrote the story for Smokey and the Bandit 2. Nah. And he wrote a movie <laughs> called Hot Stuff, which was directed by Dom DeLuise. Interesting. Um, it's, a, it's, it's a whole range of yeah, stuff right there. Yeah, and hot stuff. I was reading the premise. It actually sounds kind of funny. It's like these three cops who decide that they're gonna they're gonna catch these criminals by starting their own like fencing organization. Okay. Like underground, so they end up dealing, but they don't have the permission of like the department, so they're kind of doing it <laughs> on, on the, the low, on the lowdown to try and work their way into the underworld, but. It's probably funny. It's Dom DeLuise directing. Yeah, Dom DeLuise is... So, um, but yeah, so why don't we describe this episode in brief? Um, in this episode, MacGyver ends up in a small uh, farming community in which the farming workers and the landowners are in a dispute over the use of pesticides. Right. You can't come up with a, a better summary for an episode. Yeah. That was it. Yeah. I did that. I, I just did that right now. That was pretty phenomenal. <laughs> Fantastic work. <laughs> and that's the end. I mean, that's it. I can't... Uh, my notes are going to be terrible from now on. I think that's about it for this one. If you guys have any thoughts. <laughs> no, um, so where do we start the episode? Um, we start with uh, MacGyver's Nomad breaking down, which is going to be like the that's reason. Right. This is the first time after Harry's will that we see the Nomad. Yeah. But it's, this is also going to be like the reoccurring thing with his Nomad to get him in a situation. It's like, my Nomad broke down. Now I'm stuck in this town. Oh, that happens again in the next episode. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. I mean, there's another explanation to maybe why it breaks down in the next episode. Right. But then it doesn't make sense at the end of that episode. A giant EMP. Yeah. No, that's a easy target. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, his nomad is uh, smoking up a storm. And so it comes to a stop uh, where there's a huge protest and a police officer tells him to – See, if he'd had the Jeep, he could have bypassed this whole episode. Yeah, run over the people. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, he well basically it's a combination of things because he's trying to get through a town and there's a protest going on and the mm. police tell him that he has to turn around anyway. Yeah. But then the car won't start, so he gets out and just tries to see what the protest is. Yeah. About. yeah. So the protest is uh, they're chanting uh, "Stop the spray, 
today. And uh, apparently they're, they're upset about the use of really toxic pesticides that then the farm workers have to go in and, and sift through. Uh, and, uh, this is where, you know, the Tony Garcia is leading the group right. and he's like getting them all fired up. And this is when Casper Kasabian, the landowner enters saying that all the spraying that they're doing is with accordance with the law. They're safe pesticides. Uh, I'm not doing anything wrong. Yeah. Uh, and Richard C. Serafian, who, as we said before, is playing Casper Kasabian, mm-hmm. does a lot of acting in addition to his directing. He did yeah. direct Vanishing Point, but he also uh, appears as the voice of God Beaver in Doctor Doolittle too. Okay. Um, he was Uncle Lou in Blue Streak, who I think is the guy who originally tells Martin Lawrence that the diamond is in the building. Uh, no, Martin Lawrence is. Or he uh, knew about it before. Yeah, Martin Lawrence is the one who but hit he's, it. He's another. He's involved in the crime family somehow. Okay. Yeah, I mean, he, Martin Lawrence is the one who hit it in the building. Right. He he. That's because why he, he hit knew. it there while it was still under construction. Correct. Yeah. Um, Blue Streak. What a weird, silly. Fun it's actually movie. a really fun movie, and the yeah. premise is great. That this guy steals a jewel and then hides it in a building, intending to go back for it later, but that gets arrested. Is now a yeah. police headquarters. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and uh, uh, Serafian also uh, gets a special thanks in Death Proof, which makes sense because. The vanishing uh, point. Death proof is just straight up like so much vanishing point in that movie. Yeah, because the, the whole same pr- vanishing point challenger. It's a, it's that's the whole premise is that they want to do it because it's vanishing yeah, point. Because it's the car from vanishing point. Um, amongst the uh, cr- the people observing the crowd is uh, Nicholas Kasabian, Casper Kas- Kasabian's son. Yeah. Um, and a guy who's just a, he's just known as Mendoza. Although a truck later on says Felix Mendoza on it, so I'm assuming that that's yeah. his name. And they're upset about the protests, uh, Nicholas and Mendoza. Yeah. And they said, can't we do something about this Garcia? And Nicholas is like, my father doesn't want us to do any any harm to him. Yeah. So I can't do anything about it. Garcia, Tony Garcia, the leader of the protests, what he wants is there to be a contract between the workers and the landowners, not to be these day laborers yeah. that they're currently being hired as. Um, and the actor playing Tony Garcia here is uh, William Monteveros, mm-hmm. who – uh, showed up as Sergeant Mancini in Harry and the Hendersons. No, I don't remember that character. I don't but, either. Um, but I, I haven't seen Harry and the Hendersons in a long time. So. Yeah. Uh, um, and uh, so a fight ends up breaking out between the workers and the landowners. And uh, MacGyver, one of the two of the guys, like pretty much grab Garcia and hold him while another guy is just is wailing on him. And that's when MacGyver kind of steps in, like, hey, that's not fair. Yeah. Uh, and MacGyver starts getting into the fight, and then everyone is arrested. Everyone yeah. everyone there is arrested, including MacGyver. Um, uh, and they're all put into – luckily, they're put into separate cells. Yeah. Let's <laughs> put it together. Um, uh, at the station, the one of the first person who's set loose is Hector Lopez, who works for the Kasabian family. Yeah. We had uh, this, this actor before, Anthony Pena. He was uh, Elias way back in The Last Stand in season one. Yeah. And uh, uh, another uh, person who's on the protester side, Alex Silva, is kind of hassling him. It's like, oh, of course, the Kasabian guy gets out first. Yeah. And But Tony Garcia is kind of like friendly to Lopez. He says like, hey, man, I understand what you did. Don't worry about it. It's okay. And from the very beginning, it feels like he's – on the right side of things or he's yeah. trying to be. Yeah. I mean like he, he's working for the landowner 
and you know it's it's his bread and butter yeah but he and tony are friends and neither of them want to see the other hurt yeah so it's a it's a complicated relationship yeah um Silva and Garcia kind of get into a little bit of an argument and MacGyver interrupts going like, excuse me, I'm new here. Yeah. <laughs> What's going on again? Um, but this conversation really doesn't win them any credence. Yeah. Like he's just, they're, they're going over um, uh, the, the health the, issues. Yeah, and MacGyver's trying to be as impartial as he can. But yeah, the conversation that they have here, MacGyver keeps trying to, I mean, he's he's not necessarily taking sides. No, but he he's saying there's evidence. Yeah, and like, he says, well, so, so how do you know that they're using these chemicals? And he's like, we just know, okay. Yeah. And he's just like, okay, but have, I've looked at all the government reports, and the mm-hmm. experts all agree with your boss, and they're like, well, yeah. we don't care what the experts say. And it's like, yeah. okay, well, you're not convincing me. Yeah. <laughs> like, if you're just going by your gut. They mention, they mention McFarland, uh, California. Where they're they, they start bringing up the concept of a uh, cancer clusters, right? Where it's mysterious outbreaks of cancer amongst people. We actually have that going on right now here in SoCal with the school system. Oh, interesting. Um, uh, a lot of uh, cancer-related issues uh, to uh, potentially asbestos and mold in oh, okay. in uh, school buildings. Interesting. Um, and uh, so it's kind of an interesting like point that they're trying to make here. Yeah. Um. And, uh, and, and, and basically what, what I kind of do like about this conversation is that Garcia and Silva aren't asking for more studies. Yeah. They don't, they know that the studies are saying one thing and they can't prove it. So all they're, all they want is like, just listen to our complaints and see if we can work something out where maybe we don't go into the field right after you spray. Yeah. Like maybe spray, you know, let's, let's work something out where everyone can do whatever we need to do, but stay safe. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's kind of a fair thing. Yeah. I mean, there's two sides to this, but I think that, uh, it's, it's more of a, it's a, it's a union labor thing. They're not, they're not union. They're trying to unionize. But MacGyver's coming from the side of having read all these reports from environmental experts who are saying the chemicals that we're using have no effect on humans. Yeah. That night, uh, everyone is released, including MacGyver. Uh, and, uh, but before they exit, uh, the sheriff stops the hassle garcia a bit yeah. about like hey the kasabians are good people you're you're wrong uh you're you have you have unfounded claims blah 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 um and then they leave right. yeah <laughs> it's just, it, it doesn't really serve a purpose yeah uh, the, the sheriff doesn't even really come into play yeah uh much after that um garcia offers to let macgyver stay at his place um because you know he he helped out with the fight he seems interested maybe they can talk more yeah and on the way to Garcia's home, Garcia mentions that he has just recently gotten a hold of some information that's going to – basically that he's going to use to blackmail, but um, that is important enough that he won't tell MacGyver specifically what it is because uh, he doesn't really know MacGyver quite yet. Yeah, he's, yeah. Un- he's unwilling to, to, to completely reveal everything yeah. in the classic Bond villain way. He's not monologuing yet. Yeah. Um, but um, – as they're driving, a big, huge truck comes up uh, behind him. Not a semi truck, but like a just like a really heavy-duty pickup truck with like the light bar on the top and everything. Yeah, and just flat out rear ends them. Yeah, rear ends them, and they start opening up with a shotgun at them until they r- get run off the road, and the car almost ends up vertical. Yeah, it like, slams hard enough that this would like 
this would at least kill the passenger. Yeah, this was a... Assuming this is a single airbag car. Yeah, this was a pretty hard crash. Yeah. Um, like, it, the, when they open the doors, they're like wings. I mean, like, they, they, they you can't, you can't just exit the car. You have yeah. to climb out of the car. Yeah. Um, they start... It's like when the police car goes through the booger. I, I was going to make that reference. <laughs> I was. But I didn't think that I should. Super Mario Brothers. We're going to keep referencing that movie until you guys watch it, okay? Just, so just watch it. Watch the Super Mario Brothers movie, and then you can yell at us later, and we'll tell you how wrong you are. Yeah. <laughs> because it's a wonderful film. Brilliant. Uh, so the truck and the occupants exit... And start giving chase on foot, uh, still armed with shotguns. Yeah. They, I don't understand the motivation for this. Like, uh, why chase this guy down? <laughs> like, it just seems like a mistake for them that can only cause problems. Yeah. Well, it, play, it works for a little while. <laughs> I guess. Um, had they just killed MacGyver, then, <laughs> then everything would have been but okay. But instead, he inexplicably just wakes up in Tony's home. <laughs> yeah. But uh, before that... Um, yeah, so MacGyver and, and Tony Garcia split up. Yeah. Uh, MacGyver hears shotgun rounds go off. And before he can make his way back to where he might Tony might be, he gets clocked over the head. Yeah. And, uh, and then sprayed with chemicals. Yeah. This is like the opening for like a Toxic Avenger or Swamp yeah. Thing or something like that. Yeah. I mean, it was like, oh, he's going to get some kind of crazy power or something. Yep. No, he just gets really sick. Yeah. Um. And this is where he, yes, inexplicably wakes up in the Garcia home because apparently the workers found him in the next morning. Yeah. But it's like he was he was left in such a position that they could very easily have killed him. But instead they just sprayed some chemicals on him and then left him alive to tell the story of what happened. Yeah. It and to, doesn't make sense. And to start an investigation into Tony Garcia's murder yeah. slash disappearance. Yeah. Uh, so MacGyver wakes up, and there's a, a young girl and a woman, uh, Carmen Garcia and Natalie Garcia. Right. Uh, Carmen is the older woman. Right. And Tony Garcia's wife. Right. Uh, and she's played by Yvette Cruz, who um, plays Maria, who is Dana's maid in Ghostbusters 2. Yep. Um, I didn't recognize a lot of the things that she's from, but I have to say her IMDb profile picture is horrifying. In the sense, it's from a really dramatic moment from one of the movies she played, yeah. where she's like screaming and crying. It's yeah. like, oh man, what part is that? I want to know what movie that's from. Yeah, um, but also, why did your agent pick this as a representative of what you look like? Yeah. Uh, and uh, Natalie Garcia, the child, is on uh, two two set of crutches. Right. Uh, and this is her only credit in anything. Yeah. Mac and Silva, because uh, Alex Silva is also there. Uh, go down to the sheriff to try to uh, find out what he's doing to help. But the – I guess this is yes, where the sheriff comes back in. Uh, the sheriff basically says, MacGyver, you should get out of town. This yeah. isn't your business. Yeah. Mur- murdering crimes aren't your business. Which I think is also another thing that's going to happen next week. Yeah. The police are just like, this has nothing to do with you. Get out of here. Get out of here, you, you crazy guy. Um, so uh, – Basically, another pointless sheriff encounter. Yeah. Because uh, now Mac and Silva head down to where Mac MacGyver was found, and MacGyver's having all kinds of like troubles. Like he's coughing, he seems feverish. Yeah. Um. Um. And uh, they have a moment to talk about like chemicals, and Silva tells MacGyver that uh, one of the chemicals that they used to use was 
found to be so toxic that it's now illegal. Yeah. Um, I think the point that they're trying to make is that it takes time to f- figure out that those things happen. Right. And the pesticides that they're spraying now may seem harmless, but down the road they might go, oh, yeah, that was a bad idea. We shouldn't have been using those. At the time, the studies seemed legit. Yeah. Uh, so I think that that's kind of like the, the whole point of this is like these pesticides probably aren't good no matter what. Yeah. Well, what was that? There Wasn't there like a birth control that like ended up causing almost a whole generation of like flipper babies? Yeah, thalidomide. But I think it it was more of a problem in Europe than it was here. But it was they did they hadn't done sufficient tests of it, mm-hmm. so it ended up causing children that were born with like like flipper like symptoms of like their fingers were all melted together. And mm. So basically, this is the setup for Oswald Gobblepot. Yes, exactly. Uh, they find where MacGyver had been knocked out and MacGyver tries to backtrace uh, to where they were. And he's with Tony's brother. Yeah. Uh, well, brother-in-law. Brother-in-law. Absolutely. Yeah. This is Carmen's brother. Yeah. Um, on the way there, MacGyver happens to find a very tiny coat button. Right. It's like, uh, no way you would have found that. Yeah. That's pretty, that's a pretty specific thing to find. Um, but I also like that uh, Silva says, that's not one of Tony's buttons. <laughs> I was like, what? I keep meticulous track of all of Tony's buttons, and that is not one of them. I was like, whoa, what does that even mean? I couldn't even tell you what my own pants buttons yeah. look like. Near the near the button, they uh, also find some blood splatter. Yeah, which uh, is still red the next day. I don't know if it would still be red. Yeah, it would be more of a brown, dark yeah, brown. Which is why I didn't even think it was blood at first. But then he scraped some of it off. Um, And also, <laughs> also, I like MacGyver says... This isn't proof of evidence of anything, though. What? Yeah. <laughs> it's blood. Yeah. If you can link this to the guy that was hurt, then it's definitely proof of something. Yeah. He, he Maybe he just went out into the fields and bled there for a while. Yeah. Maybe he just bled in a direction. <laughs> in, a, in, a, in, a, in a gunshot splattering yeah. direction. Yeah. And then, then the brother-in-law says, like, oh, do you think it's Tony's blood? And he's like... Well, you know, I did hear a few shotgun shots yeah. after we split up. And it's like, he didn't say that before. Yeah, why didn't you mention <laughs> that's, that? That's pretty. Uh, that's a pretty important detail to have left out until yeah. now, first of all. Second of all, we still don't know 100% for sure that he's dead. Right, just that he's... We haven't found a body or anything. Yeah. He could be held captive. We don't know what's going on. Maybe he got away. Yeah, but instead of telling his wife that... Yeah, they just go home and say, he's, he's dead. dead. <laughs> go tell his kid now that he's dead. And I kept thinking he was going to show up again. Yeah, I was like, oh, crap. Yeah. I jumped to conclusions on the mat. Yeah. Um, uh, but they, like, pull the daughter into a room and they tell her. And it's just like, don't tell this kid before you have a body. You, yeah. you don't know what's going on. Um, MacGyver kind of asks about the information that Tony said that he had. And Carmen says the only thing that he knew was that Tony was looking for proof of illegal spraying. Right. Uh, but, but as far as she knew, there he doesn't have it. Yeah. Um, uh, MacGyver sits outside that evening, and Carmen comes out, and they kind of talk about how uh, their daughter, uh, Tony and Carmen's daughter, right. ended up with the birth defect of uh, not fully formed feet. Right. And uh, that she was pregnant while she was up until the – Working in the fields up until the point she gave birth. Yeah, and she um, said she was sick throughout her pregnancy, and yeah. she thought it was just from the pregnancy. Um, 
and she now thinks that Tony's work will die with him. But Megara's saying it doesn't have to. Uh, so the next day... Uh, Just maybe he's not dead. Maybe he's not dead. Um, but if he is, then you're right. Then you're right. It dies with him. Um, the next day, um, workers are being loaded up onto a bus, and they're given like a, like a, kind of like a time card. Right. Um, and uh, Mendoza and Lopez are the one lo- loading him up. And Lo- Lopez says, look for any, like, any, any agitators who might get put into the group so they don't like, start trying to spark unrest. That's when they spot Silva trying to get a job. Yeah. And they say, and then and, they just shut him down and say, "No, get out of here." Yeah, but the distraction is enough for MacGyver to sneak onto the bus. Yeah, but they're like, uh, "We don't, we don't want to hire you if you're just going to cause problems for us." And he says, "I don't have to work for you to cause problems for you." Yeah, kind of a kind of a good yeah, comeback. But MacGyver sneaks onto the bus, blends uh, in perfectly with the crowd. Yep, just like in the beginning of uh, Holy Rose. <laughs> of Holy Rose. <laughs> um, the guy who plays Mendoza is uh, David Efron. Um, and most of the time, most of the stuff his credits are stuntmen. Right. Um, so I thought it was kind of interesting. But his son is actually pretty famous. Um, yeah. Zachary. No, that's not true. <laughs> um, so, um, while MacGyver's working in the fields, uh, we see that the fields are being sprayed while people are working on them. Right. And, uh, and these are, uh, vineyards. Right. So like, you know, they're harvesting grapes and. And also so they can reuse the location from the, uh. The winery. Paul Dene's winery. Yeah. Um, MacGyver casually asks about where they can get water, and uh, there's just a big water pump that's kind of like just spraying all over the ground. Yeah. And then he asks where the bathroom is, and it's right next to where the water pump yeah. is. The guy basically points in the same direction twice. Yeah. Like, and, he might as well have just cut to another person washing their hands while taking a dump. Yeah, and, and the bathroom is literally just a square wood frame with a cloth that you hang yeah. in. I imagine. Like, oh, okay. So we just go at home. <laughs> yeah. I get it. I think you just squat. Yeah. Um, while MacGyver is, uh, kind of like going, okay, I, I see how things are working here. Yeah. Um, uh, oddly enough, this isn't the complaint. Like this isn't yeah. about like the conditions. No, that's fine. The bathrooms are great. Yeah. Um, it's a pretty amazing tarp. Uh, MacGyver, uh, grabs some of the roots of the, uh, plants and, uh, pockets them. Uh, and uh, as he's kind of taking up a box of grapes, he notices that a coat hanging from the mirror of the truck with is buttons missing a button. is missing a button, and the buttons match the one that he found. And he starts, and Lopez catches him looking at the jacket and says, and MacGyver asks, is this your jacket? And he says, yes, what do you want? Um, but MacGyver doesn't, MacGyver doesn't admit to the button thing yet. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he says that, you know, Garcia's probably dead, been murdered, and Lopez genuinely seems like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Like, I don't know anything about what you're talking about. In fact, I don't want you even around here. Get yeah. out. And uh, MacGyver's like, but it's 20 miles to town. He's like, well, get walking. Yeah. Uh, and we, we don't get a montage of him walking. We just get one scene of him, like, on a road, and it's, like, sunset and stuff. Yeah. Um, so MacGyver apparently though made it to town, uh, and is asleep because he's waking up the next day with uh, Natalie coming home from church, and coming home with stuff I guess MacGyver had asked for somewhere in that we didn't see. Yeah, he'd asked for a pair of uh, polarized sunglasses and a bottle of nail polish from her. Right. And he, he doesn't have the materials available to create a microscope. Right. Although he claims he can't even make one. Mm-hmm. But um, but he's able to make a spectroscope. Yeah. 
So using the nail polish acetone as a, uh, I guess, kind of a fixer or sorts, a catalyst. Yeah. Um, he scrapes off some of the roots that he took and uh, uses the polarized lenses to see what kind of uh, colors come off of them in the light. And he shows it to Natalie. Mm -hmm. He's able to identify crystals solidifying it. Yeah. Um, and uh, so MacGyver has a suspicion of what chemical that they might be using. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Lopez is checking in with Nick Kasabian uh, and tells him that uh, MacGyver was on the farm and snooping right. around. Yeah. So Nick plans to get rid of MacGyver. Like, just, he's got to go. Um, we get a moment where MacGyver calls into Pete. I don't think Pete actually appears in this episode, but I think he just, uh, he, no, I don't even think we hear him. I think he's just talking to him on the phone. Yeah. Uh, MacGyver asks Pete to, uh, see if he can send a team out. And so they can verify what he suspects because yeah. he doesn't have the equipment to do yeah. it. Um, uh, meanwhile, uh, apparently, uh, people have been asking around about the truck, that had uh, run them off the road yeah. because the truck would have a damaged fender. And Carmen said that uh, she overheard that a fender had just been repaired on a Kasabian owned truck. And Alex Silva heard about it and he went after him. Uh, so MacGyver explains to Carmen. So at least he gives someone else the information from when the Phoenix team arrives yeah. that in case he dies, he gets killed, yeah. <laughs> uh, that he suspects that they're spraying a uh, growth enhancer known as fix on the grapes, which is illegal to spray on grapes, they say. Yeah. Not on other things, though. Like people. <laughs> um, as uh, MacGyver goes after Alex, uh, Carmen is supposed to wait for the Phoenix team. And uh, meanwhile, Nicholas Kasabian and Mendoza are on their way to go kill MacGyver, presumably. Right. But Casper Kasabian stops them along the road. Like he pulls, yeah. he just pulls out in front of them and starts asking about Nick what what's going on like he he heard about the damage to the truck uh Kasabian said he's going to Casper Kasabian says he's willing to negotiate with the workers yeah he says like maybe they're right I don't son is furious with this yeah like I don't want to be responsible for kids with defects and he he, he's like because he's an old farmer he like he says like I don't remember ever hearing things about cancer clusters when I was growing up that that maybe this is something working look worth looking into. And his son is like, yeah, he's super upset. He's like, you know, we could, if, if, if that throw your whole life away, your life's work, my life's work, basically. Yeah. Um, also you will lose all the grapes from this harvest because they've all been sprayed. Yeah. Another terrible son on this show. <laughs> yeah. But Casper was like, Oh, it wouldn't be the first time we've lost a harvest. Yeah. You know, it's just, these things happen. Uh, but now Nick Kasabian... In his frustration, just admits everything. Yeah, it's like, we've been spraying fix on it. And Casper Kasabian is like, why wasn't I told? Why wasn't I told? Where are you going? Why wasn't I, I told? Got, what difference does it make if I tell you or not? And it's like, um, all the difference? Yeah. All of it? Literally all of the difference. We wouldn't even be having this labor dispute if yeah. we weren't spraying this stuff. So uh, at the Kasabian farm, Silva is attempting to blow up a tractor... But MacGyver stops him. And, uh, and Silva's like, why are you stopping me, man? He's like, because you blow up a tractor, he gets a new tractor, and then you go to jail, and that's it for you. You know, like, yeah. uh, I kind of liked that a little bit. Um, I, I wish he was using popcorn kernels. To blow it up? The way the 
they do in Dirty Work. <laughs> they just dumped, like, they're saving the woman's house from being bulldozed, so they just dumped a bunch of popcorn kernels into the engine, <laughs> and it just exploded the whole tractor, like, <laughs> just bent all the panels out of it. Uh, Silva agrees when MacGyver says, like, they're, they're calling it an independent Phoenix team, and all they need to do is prove that this chemical is being used. It's not a study to see how what the long-term effects are and things like that. It's like... If there's determine brain, the presence of it. Yeah, if they can determine the presence of it, it's all over for this farm. Yeah. So uh, Silva leads Mac into the place where they store the chemicals, which all seems like pretty standard chemicals, except for a couple of drums marked maple syrup. Yeah. <laughs> which I think is like – could you have called it like like groundwater something that or you use. something that you would be related to farming? Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, cause maple syrup, like, well, this isn't suspicious. Look, I just love pancakes. All right. Um, uh, and that's when, uh, Nick and Mendoza arrive and they say, yeah, we wouldn't want to put it on our pancakes. Waffles though. Yeah. Waffles are fantastic. There it goes, if you will. Uh, so Mac and Silver are placed in like this super villainous contraption. It's one of the, uh, storage tanks, um, where they're going to fill it with CO2. I imagine that this is part of the uh, uh, decontamination pro- process for the grapes. Like, yeah. to, one, to keep them from breaking down any further by killing off all the bacteria and stuff that's yeah, in them. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, but what happens is with these containers is that because CO2 is heavier, that it all saturates at the bottom. Yeah. And so if you're at the bottom when this happens, you're going to run out of air. Yeah. Uh, so they're thrown in there and sealed in, and then they start pumping in more CO2. Yeah. Like, uh, start pumping in more gas. Yeah. <laughs> Put it in the tea. Wait, how was she able to identify that gas if it doesn't get to his nose yet? Maybe he has some kind of special power. I guess he just got a little whiff. <laughs> what about, you ever heard of carbon monoxide? <laughs> it's odorless. Odorless and tasteless and invisible. <laughs> it's like, or how about this? Why don't you just leave them in there for like six hours yeah. and then pump in more gas? They should be dead by now. Kill what's left of them. <laughs> what does that even mean? Kill what's left of them. Uh, check out the – we'll put a link in the show notes to the, the Red Letter Media review of Star Wars Episode One. It's yeah. the most amazing takedown of a terrible film that yeah. I've ever seen. It's, and that's just it's the, about as long as the movie. Yeah, and because that's just the opening – of the yeah. movie, and we're that's like still twenty minutes into it. Yeah. Uh, so while they're in the uh, giant CO two tank, luckily there's a ladder leading out, and luckily, luckily, the ladder is hollow. Right. Uh, so so Mac- it's a, like a big straw. Mm-hmm. MacGyver is able to uh, break the bottom rung off a ladder and then press his mouth to it, which I was like, oh god, that's got to be so jaggedly sharp. Yeah. Um, Just and- inhaling all these aluminum filings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, also, uh, here's a fun fact. The same would apply to the ladder that would apply to the rest of the tank where the CO2 would fill it and push the, the oxygen the out yeah. and you'd have to inhale all the CO2 to pull the oxygen that you want to breathe down. Yeah. So this a fun fact about that. Yeah. Um, but then also, like I said about it being jaggedly sharp, he uses the jaggedly sharp edges to cut his bindings. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so they, they both take a last-minute breathe through the straw and head up to the opening of the tank. And I like this part, too, because it seemed like this wasn't, like, the plan. 
because Mendoza and uh, Nick Kasabian come back, and Silver just goes, I'm just going to jump on him. <laughs> it just yeah. jumps on him and uh, lands on uh, the lighter target, Nick, leaving MacGyver to take on the huge guy. Yeah. Um, and so when MacGyver tries his uh, trademark one-punch knockout, it, it does work. nothing. Yeah. And so instead, MacGyver is thrown through one window, picked up, thrown through another window, and uh, and now finally, <laughs> and then apparently is able to take down this guy with spraying him in the face with wine. Yeah, because that'll take you out. Uh, so Mendoza's down, covered in uh in in the grape juice, and uh, that's when Lopez arrives with a gun and says, "Aha!" Now, now I have you guys at gunpoint. I'm on their side all along. But that's when MacGyver shows him the button and says, this is from your jacket. So if you killed Tony, this proves that you did it, yeah. kind of. Uh, but Lopez was like, no, wait a minute. I lent my jacket to Nick, which is weird. Yeah. Like It's like Nick borrowed your jacket specifically so he could leave one button in the field yeah. to incriminate you for Tony Garcia's death. Like, why did he borrow your jacket? Yeah. I, that doesn't make sense. Like – I've lent people like a sweatshirt or a jacket before, usually a lady. Yeah. Um, it seems like it, I don't know. I haven't had too many guys say, "Hey, can I borrow your jacket?" Yeah. Like, and uh, if I they, guess, like if they did, I would be like, "Are you gonna frame me for murder?" <laughs> <laughs> this seems weird. Because this is weird for you to do that. Also, a one button from your jacket being in a field that you work in is not incriminating yeah. enough to imply that you murdered a person. Um. So Lopez realizes that. Nick is the one who must have killed Tony Garcia, and now he's mad at Nick, and so he's getting ready to shoot him. Yeah. Um, but then, luckily, the the police arrive because Casper. Because they've all been there the whole time. Yeah. Like Casper just at the last minute comes out from behind a canister, and he has two police officers with him, and it's like, how much of this have you been here for? Yeah. You didn't just get here. I guess enough to to make sure that his son was truly guilty. Yeah. It seems crazy. Like they were just sitting there, like, hold on. I don't think he's going to shoot him yet. Let's yeah. wait, wait for this. Wait, hold on. Just I can, know it can, seems like they're suffocating in there, but I got a good feeling about it. Let's, let's see how this plays out. Yeah. Just want to make sure that a crime has been committed. Maybe that'll be murder. <laughs> if, we, if we see them murdered, then we can for sure yeah. arrest them. Yeah. And he's definitely guilty. We're, we're also guilty, but <laughs> it's, yeah. it's more so them. Uh, the uh, Act 5 Roundup is a little unusual for this episode. Uh, MacGyver's got his car fixed, and he's saying his goodbyes to, you know, Silva, Carmen, and Natalie. Yeah. But as he's driving off, we get closing exposition via radio. Yeah. Um, the radio news announcer talks about them laying the, to rest of Tony Garcia, which I guess is what MacGyver was continuing to stay around for. I guess he was there for the funeral. Yeah. Well, they uh, show them coming out of the funeral. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, I mean, but we didn't know. It was yeah. the funeral. Like, we just show them coming out of church. Yeah. It's like, oh, I guess maybe it's Sunday. They went back to church. Yeah. Or, um, but I guess, yeah, they were coming back from Tony Garcia's funeral. And I'm assuming they found the body? Or that they were told where the body was? I thought it would have been was? crazy if at the last minute, like, he just comes stumbling out of somewhere all covered in blood. Like, like hey. I've been in that field. I was, like, right there. You guys didn't see my body? No, but the workers found MacGyver. Yeah. Though I didn't need to find Tony. Where is his body? I just thought he was sleeping. <laughs> oh. Covered in blood. <laughs> sleeping in blood. Oh, that Tony. 
He's a night bleeder. <laughs> night bleeder. That's terrifying. It's a terrifying phrase. Like someone who just starts bleeding every time the sun goes down. Yeah. Or whenever you sleep. Like, I just need to get on the Concord and fly around the planet and stay where it's daytime. I cannot bleed anymore. You know, people get like night sweats and night terrors. I, night I blood. start oozing. Start... No, thank you. <laughs> I okay. I'm, I'm officially copywriting the concept of night bleeding, so it is, I'm, I'm using that in a story soon. All right, that's perfect. <laughs> Our horror anthology. Uh, um, uh, the radio announcer also mentions that all the grapes that were harvested had to be destroyed because they had the uh, toxic chemicals sprayed yeah. on them. Um, and so as MacGyver's driving away, uh, he passes a busload of workers on their way to their daily grind. Um, and they all start waving and cheering right, and yeah. throwing their hats out the window, which is a bad idea because you're going to need them hats. Yeah, it's uh, hot out there. Uh, but uh, that's – and that's the conclusion of the episode. This episode could have been called The Grapes of Wrath. Ooh, yeah. But it wasn't. It was no. a better harvest. Maybe that was too on the nose. Yeah. Uh, Obviously, us being in Southern California and the farming community, that obviously they're specifically referencing McFarland, California. Yeah. Um, so this 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 is a more poignant episode for us, even though this is all being filmed up in Vancouver area. Right. Yeah. Um, it's supposed to be heavily tied to what's going on with the farming and pesticides, and even now more than ever with the GMOs and all those things that are. And I remember when they were making a big deal in the early '90s about having to do like. A specific like pesticide pass that they were—I forget what it was. It was, was some it kind of a DDT? Nap. Yeah, it was DDT. But there was like a specific insect that they were spraying for that they were trying to eradicate in yeah. the Southern California area. But it was a big deal. I remember it being on all the all the news, and they were like, literally, don't go outside while we're doing the spraying and yeah. things like that. They had like curfews in place. So yeah, this is a very uh, topical episode, especially at this time that when it aired, but still relevant today because we're still spraying pesticides. I mean, yeah. it, obviously organic farming and organically garden food are becoming more and more of a thing, Yeah. Um, uh, but it hasn't stopped. Pesticide spraying has not stopped. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, trying to find more natural methods to, uh, to reference Zootopia's uh, Night Howlers. I still uh, haven't seen... You haven't seen Zootopia? I oh. saw the first like twenty minutes of it, but I had to go to work, so I, oh, okay. didn't, I didn't see the rest. It's of pretty it. good. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's an interesting take about a, to have a movie about racism. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it's it's good. Um, but in that movie, they talk about growing uh, crops and using other plants to keep bugs away. Yeah, that that bugs don't like Natu- naturally, like things like citronella kind of things. Uh, I remember in a, a spec. 30 Rock episode I was writing, there was a scene where she goes to a farmer's market and she passes a basket that's just covered in spider webs. And she's like, what's that? And he's like, oh, that's pesticide free. <laughs> and then she goes to the next one and it's all rotten. And he's, she's like, what's wrong with this? And he's like, it's preservative free. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's it's a pretty interesting episode. Um, it it maybe could have done things better, could have done things worse, but... Um, all in all, it's it's your kind of standard MacGyver fare. Yeah, that's kind of what I was gonna say. It's a it's a very straightforward, like thank almost you. stereotypical MacGyver yeah. episode. Yeah, it's it's your thank you, Senor MacGyver. You saved our village. Yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, 
so un amigo. <laughs> uh, in that sense, it's like yeah, it, it's maybe not a standoutish episode. Yeah. But uh, it's still good. It's still entertaining. I was I was with it. Had had murder and intrigue and suspense and yeah. car chases and so I was like, yeah, this is pretty. This is a good episode. Yeah. Although I just like I'm just not a big fan of the. Uh oh, my car broke down in this town and something's going on. I guess I'll stick around and figure out what's happening. Well, on that note, tune in next week. Yeah, tune in next week for Macabre's car breaking down in a small town where something weird's going on. And the police tell him to just ignore it. Um, I think that's about it for this one. Yeah. Um, if you guys have any thoughts you'd like to share with us, you can find us on Twitter at Opening Gambit. You can find us at facebook.com slash Phoenix Foundation Podcast or our website, phoenixfoundationpodcast.com. And if you're digging the show, feel free to review us on iTunes. Tune in next week. We're going to be covering... Tune in tomorrow. We're going to be covering (laughs) Season 6, Episode 10, The Visitor. Ooh. Yeah. Aliens. They're real. You can't see me, but I'm doing the the aliens meme guy. (laughs) Aliens. That should just be our screenshot for next week's episode. (laughs) Totally. Thank you for listening. Thanks. Thanks.